Hi, I'm Matt Peer, Director of Enrollment Management. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm here with Jennifer Lubweiler, Upper School Learning Specialist, Chris Allen, Director of Upper School Counseling, and Ivy Brewer, Associate Dean of College Guidance. And they'll be sharing some tips related to academic wellness, emotional wellness, and college preparation as we begin the second semester. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Thank you all for joining us today. We thought it would be helpful to put this group together to provide some tips and strategies for our upper school students as they start the second semester of the school year. We know the second semester goes by quickly with a break each month, whether it's MLK Day, President's Day, spring break, Easter break, and eventually summer vacation. Jennifer, why don't we start with academic wellness? You are a learning specialist in our teaching and learning center, as well as an English teacher at the upper school. So you work with a large number of students, and I know you will have some great advice to share. What strategies do you recommend for our students in terms of staying organized and managing their time as we start the second half of the school year? That's a really great question. Um, in order to stay organized, we recommend our students get organized. You can't stay organized if you aren't already organized. So one of the things that's important to do at the beginning of a new semester is to make sure all of last semester's work is tucked away somewhere that they can access if they need it, but they aren't constantly dragging it around with them. And then also to start with a clean slate um, in a calendar, however they um, manage their time. We like paper because we think when you write things down, it creates a connection with your brain that you remember it more. But we also like assistive technology, asking our phones to give us reminders of things we need to do. So one of the things we do at the beginning of the semester is sit down with each of our students, talk about what their goals are for this semester as compared to what they were last semester, talk about if they hit their goals academically, socially, um, athletically, engaging in our community and then address ways they can specifically hit those goals this semester. Another goal we have in the Learning Center is to, to revisit those goals periodically. It's really easy, like we all know at the beginning of a, a year, to set a resolution, but it's really hard sometimes to stay with that. So we like to um, try to hold the students accountable. Not everybody has access to that, but everybody has um, family and friends who can serve in that capacity for them. So getting organized is the first step in staying organized. And then setting aside periodic time to reset the backpack, the notebooks, the folders, the calendar, um, every Sunday or every day aid or whatever interval works for that student. So those are things that we like to do. And then as far as managing time goes, um, one of the things we think it's really important to do like you mentioned, the second semester goes by really fast and we can lose sight of the fact that, for instance, my English class will only meet 37 times from between now and May 6 when the seniors are finished. So that's 37 days of class, which doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a lot, but it will span four months. So we like to look at the big picture before we can look at distilling it down into days, weeks, months. So um, looking at what we have to do between now and May, and then beginning with the week and what we have scheduled. So our students look at what games do we have this week? What activities do I have this weekend? Do I have a church night I need to be at? How am I going to 
get my work done when I have pockets of time to do it. Thanks, Jennifer. You know, we talk a lot about the skills-based curriculum that was developed by our faculty. I think one of those really important skills that Darlington students learn are study skills. Do you have any tips or suggestions that you can share with our listeners today about study skills? Sure. Um, we probably sound like broken records in the Learning Center because our tips are usually the same. Um, the first thing is our schedule at Darlington very closely mimics what students will experience in, at a college campus. And so for that reason, they do have pockets of time that are available to use wisely or sometimes not wisely. So we always recommend that students do their work the day it's assigned, which is it's terribly tempting to put it off for the next day. The benefit of doing it the day it's assigned is that if there are questions of misunderstanding, those can be resolved in office hours the next day. So the first step would be doing your, day, your work on the day it's assigned. The next step would be visiting your teachers in office hours as often as possible. Um, and finally, with note-taking in particular, we suggest students review their notes every night for just a few minutes. Just look at them, make quick notes and questions about things you didn't understand. And when you go to, when a student goes to a teacher with a specific direct question during office hours, it makes that time more effective for everyone. Great. You know, I think in, our, in our, all of our work with students over the last decades, I think one of the hardest things for a student to do is to ask for help. So for that student that has questions that, that needs extra support, what advice do you give them to sort of have them walk in the door and, and see one of our peer tutors or to, to see a, a teacher or a dorm parent uh, that may teach that's maybe not be their classroom teacher, but teach that subject matter? There are a couple things students who are reluctant to help to ask for help can do. One of them um, is to ask a friend to go with them. A lot of times students love to go places in groups, so that can take some of the pressure off. Um, the other learning specialists and I have also gone with students who trust us to ask specific help from their teachers or advisors or college counselors or even to the counseling office. Um, additionally, coming up with questions ahead of time can take some of the pressure out of visiting a teacher for the first time. But the other thing I like to remind the students of is every teacher and staff member at, at Darlington wants the student to succeed. One of the other things that I've seen in, in my times for that shy student to send an email to the teacher or using Google Chat to send a message that I'm, I want to come see you tomorrow and it sort of helps break the ice for those students. And the other thing that does is it um, sort of makes the students stay accountable to that. So if I tell you I'm coming, I'm much more likely to be there than to chicken out. Jennifer, that's been a lot of great advice. Is there anything else that our students should be thinking about in order to finish the year strong academically? Um, yes. Uh, one of the programs we have at Darlington that has been really successful but under-acknowledged is the AMP tutoring program. And what we found is that students often wait a little too long before they ask for help and then wind up scrambling to get the help they need. So the AMP tutoring program is peer-to-peer -peer tutoring and students can get it as soon as they send an email to amp at darlingtonschool.org. They will be connected with the leader, the student leader of that program. She will work with the, the student and her uh, stable of 
really excellent peer tutors to find the right um, discipline and the right time for that student to meet with the tutor. Well, great. I think that that's some uh, wonderful advice for our students. Uh, switching gears, thinking about emotional wellness. Chris, you and I have, have worked together in my previous roles in student life as the upper school director, and we always know that this time of year, uh, right after the holiday break, is, is difficult for our students to transition back to school. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's weather that affects students' behaviors. If we think about our boarding students, especially those first-year students who are coming back from the break, um, what are some things that they can do to transition back uh, to life on campus after being home for the last two weeks? That's a, that's a great question. I think that uh, the main thing that students can do is to make sure to go ahead and get, get back involved in, um, in school, in after-school activities, uh, anything that, that they enjoy doing uh, that they possibly got involved with in the, um, during the first semester. Keep doing those things, find new activities to do. We don't see as much um, homesickness second semester as we might see first semester uh, because students have, have started uh, building relationships already and they're looking, looking very forward to getting back in with their friends and, and doing all the things that, that they enjoy doing, doing with their friends. So uh, we see a lot of real, anticipation uh, of coming back and just enjoying the relationships that they've already built. But I would say the best thing that a student can do, uh, again, is to um, get involved and, um, and continue those relationships that they've already started building in first semester. Chris, what about for the parents that have enjoyed having their children home for two weeks? What advice would you have for the parent? Is, they, is their child hopefully successfully <clears throat> transitioning back to school what can the parent do that's been missing their, their son or daughter after a couple of days? I think that, you know, that parents can continue to keep in, in contact with, um, with their child. Communication is always good. Parents need to also understand that um, their, their child is enjoying being at school and don't take it personally if, if their child isn't responding to texts right away or responding to those emails right away. That's a very common teenage thing to um, to not always respond to mom and dad right when they right when they reach out and there's a tendency sometimes for parents to take that that kind of thing personally um, and just know that's a that's a very normal normal teenage thing uh, I think the best thing that parents can do is just um, just know that their their kids are enjoying their time here and they're enjoying the relationships that they've built with with their peers and um, you know, always reach out to let your child know that you're there for them, um, but also know that they're uh, they're doing what they need to do here, becoming independent young young men and women. Yeah. So reach out to your child, reach out to their head of house, reach out to their advisor to get those updates if their student's not as forthcoming as they hope they would. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know personally in, in in the peer household, sleep patterns changed a lot over the break. So the biggest adjustment was going to bed early. Mm -hmm. uh, when we returned, uh, trying to get up early in the morning. Uh, as a school counselor, are there things that students or parents should be looking out for this time of year in particular? Well, this time of year, we have, uh, you know, there's a thing called seasonal affective disorder. Um, and while not many people would actually be diagnosed with this, we're all still affected by the, by the change in weather 
by the change in how much sunlight there is, uh, that the fact that we're indoors more during this time of year. And like you said, the, the sleep patterns coming off of a break uh, where students have been staying up really late and sleeping, sleeping really late. Um, it's a big adjustment. And you know, I think the, the best thing that we can do is, is be proactive, knowing that there is a tendency to kind of get the winter blues for, for everyone. And for some people, it's more severe than others. Uh, but you can be proactive with just some simple things. Um, exercise, um, simply getting outside and having some sunlight hit you um, in the afternoons. Um, also just uh, being aware of your emotional state and, and realizing when do you need to, to go in and talk to someone. But just keep, keeping a proactive mind knowing, especially if you have a tendency to um, to get a little depressed during the winter, um, get ahead of it. Don't let it, don't let it catch you unaware. Thanks, Chris. You know, when we were talking with Jennifer about academics, we mentioned um, the curriculum that was developed by our faculty. You and your team have also developed our emotional wellness curriculum that is taught through the advisory program here in the upper school. Can you touch on a couple of the key topics that we'll be focusing on with our students during the second semester? Through, through the advisory program, we touch on several uh, wellness topics. Uh, we're going to start this week uh, with a topic of emotional wellness and uh, having making sure students can identify emotions, that they under, helping them understand their emotions, and when they're going through an emotionally difficult time, uh, knowing who to go talk to. We talk to the students about there's really kind of three levels of of help that they can get. Uh, one is with their friends. And we, we have worked this semester with, uh, and last semester with, um, with the students about um, just kind of knowing how to reach out to a friend and, and trying to, to break down kind of the stigma of saying, hey, I need help. Um, so first, reaching out to your friends. Second is our, um, our faculty. Our faculty are all trained in what we call mental health first aid. And that just is a program where we've, we've helped the, the faculty understand uh, just basic mental health needs of teenagers and when to seek uh, additional help. And, um, and so our, our faculty are very well equipped in helping young people uh, when they're having emotional, emotionally difficult times. And then of course, there's the counselors. Uh, there's myself and um, Allison Clark, or Allison Holst here at the upper school and we have an open door policy. We have students coming in on a regular basis talking with us, or um, as mentioned earlier, uh, emailing us or Google, uh, Google chatting us, um, sometimes if they're a little uh, intimidated to come meet face to face. Thanks, Chris. You know, based on uh, your responses and Jennifer's, it sounds like the, the thing that students really need to do, do to be successful at Donington is to ask for help when they need it, academic or emotional. That's right. Uh, you know, the third part of our, our program today is going to be talking about college, uh, the college admissions process. You know, Ivy, as a college prep school, um, the college admissions process is always on the minds of our students and their parents. What should our underclassmen be focused on as we begin the second semester of the school year? Well, certainly our underclassmen need to um, try to do their very best in school. So using some of the techniques that Jennifer mentioned and getting the support that they need emotionally, just as Chris mentioned, will help in that. But I think that sometimes 
um, especially the youngest students, forget that their academic record begins in the ninth grade. So even for our newest students, um, our youngest students, they need to try their very best in school and, um, and seek out help when they need it so that they can do their best. Um, also, you know, Darlington is a great place to try new things. Um, if you have always you know, thought about going out for spring tennis, you know, maybe this is the year to try that. You know, get some of that sunshine that Chris was referencing and, and explore a, a new activity and perhaps that'll be the thing for you that, um, that you really enjoy that you want to continue with. And then for some of our older students, you know, if you um, have, for example, been, you know, um, doing plays for a lot of years, maybe this is the year you want to try out for the lead. Um, you know, try and um, step out of your comfort zone a little bit and make the most of your Darlington experience. And when it comes time to apply for college, all of these things will only serve you well. Thank you. You know, Jennifer did a great job talking about planning and being organized. I think in, in your role in the college office, one of the things that we're thinking about this time of year is planning for next year. As we're thinking about course selections for the 22-23 school year, what advice do you have for students as they are thinking about the courses they may want to take? Students need to challenge themselves appropriately. Um, colleges want to see that they've made the most out of their high school experience, both in the classroom and outside of it, and so certainly if you, uh, if a student is, a, is skilled in a particular subject, they should try to take those more challenging classes, the honors classes or the advanced placement classes as, as is available to them given their different grade levels. But in addition to just being good at a subject, you also need to have the mindset that you want this challenge. So um, AP classes, advanced placement classes, are hard. They are college level classes. Um, and if you do well in them, you might even get college credit for them, but, um, but they're called AP for a reason. And so you need to be willing to put in the work to, to do well in the subject and to ask for extra help and do all of those things. Um, so certainly, um, you know, with college as the, as the end goal, um, you know, to make that transcript strong and to um, show that you have taken advantage of um, what Darlington has to offer, absolutely challenge yourself, but be ready that um, with that challenge, it is, it's gonna be tough and um, you'll be better for it in the long run, but um, you need to, to be prepared. Now that saying that, um, not everyone is good in every subject and that's perfectly fine. So um, students should challenge themselves where, uh, where they think they can handle it and where uh, if it's something that is just not in their wheelhouse, maybe the regular subject uh, regular level of the subject is the right one. Thanks, Ivy. One of the differentiators at Darlington is our college guidance structure and program. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that means for our juniors in terms of the admissions process this uh, this semester? So we're right now we're sort of finishing up with our seniors. They are um, getting those college acceptances and starting to make some decisions. And we will very shortly begin with the juniors. So we'll start this process over again um, with our junior class right around um, spring break, just after spring break. Um, they will have an opportunity to um, a list of preference for who they want to work with as their college advisor. And um, so we will step by step walk them through the process everywhere from 
you know, what is college? All the way to which is the right college for me and what am I looking for? But something that they can do on their own, um, especially with all of the breaks in school that you mentioned that we have this spring, um, visiting colleges would be tremendously helpful. Um, sometimes uh, on paper, a college may seem one way and then a student will visit and say, you know what, this is not the place for me. Or conversely, they may be lukewarm on a school on paper, um, but then they get there and fall in love with it. So um, anything that they can do to physically be on campus at, um, at a college um, would serve them well, even if, um, even if it's just a representative visit. So for instance, if a student is really interested in a, um, a huge college campus, in California, and but maybe a trip to California is not in the cards for them because of distance or money or, or whatever. Visiting a, a really large campus closer to home can kind of give you the same sort of feel. It's not exact, of course, but at least you would know, you know, what does what does an, an enormous college feel like as opposed to if you want to if you want to know what a small college feels like. We've got Barry College right here in town, you know. So um, anything that they can do to kind of get their minds around all the options that are out there. Thanks, Ivy. Now, all of our 9th, 10th, and 11th grade students took the PSAT in the fall, so they have some experience with College Board standardized tests. As we think about the spring, uh, the end of course test and those advanced placement courses being the AP test, we have spring SAT, spring ACTs. Any advice that you have for our students as we head into the sort of test time of the year? Yes, so juniors will be asked to take two tests in the spring of their choosing, of their choosing either SAT or ACT. Um, the tests are um, different, but they're also universally accepted. Every, everywhere accepts either, either test, and so whichever a student prefers is what they should continue with. So if they try one of each, they can know, you know which is the best one for them. As far as test preparation goes, with the PSAT, they received a score report back um, that showed what questions they missed, and it gave them a link to Khan Academy, um, which is a free online test prep that works with SAT, and you can go through and practice the exact pro uh, problems that you missed. Um, ACT also offers um, similar free test prep on their website. And so both of those are good opportunities for students to study and review some of the topics that they're more unsure about. As far as um, advanced placement goes, certainly um, what they're doing every day in their classes is preparing them for those tests, but their AP te uh, teachers will also give them practice work in, in class and um, use AP Classroom to um, enhance their, their skills in that. And, um, they should um, certainly take those APs very seriously and uh, just try their very best. In a few short months, we'll be recognizing the class of 2022 on the Chapel Lawn at graduation. Between now and then, there's probably a lot of things um, academically, uh, emotionally, you know, excitement, disappointment that may be going on with their, in their lives as it relates to the college process. What advice do you have for a second semester high school senior as they try and navigate these next four and a half months? It's a tough time. They're eager to get out <laughs> and, and move on to the next thing. And that's a, a real testament to Darlington for how well that we've prepared them for the next step. And they feel prepared and excited as well they should, but, uh, but they're not there yet. So they need to go ahead and um, try their very best in school. Um, colleges accept them um, based on 
the material that they've been given, so their, their course record up until this point, and their uh, discipline record up until the point that they were accepted. And so they should maintain that. Um, so don't, uh, don't slack off on your, in your classes because colleges, when they receive that final transcript in the summer, if you are a very different student than who uh, they accepted, they can and do and will rescind that offer of admission. Um, there's also um, lots of little deadlines that will be coming up. Um, May 1st is the big one. That is the National Candidate Reply Date. So um, students should pick one and only one college to which they intend to uh, matriculate and do whatever the college asks them to do, which is usually filling out some sort of an online form and submitting a deposit. Um, and then, of course, telling the other colleges that they won't be coming. Um, but there's also some housing deadlines and things uh, that are happening around that time um, that they should make sure that they stay on top of. And um, the key to, to that is um, checking their email. If they check their email, they won't miss those reminders from the colleges. Thank you. Now, all three of our, our guests today are parents uh, of teenagers and teenagers that are, uh, have gone through a graduation uh, and in college. Any last pieces of advice or words of wisdom that you would want to give to our students or their parents? I think especially with the seniors, one of the difficult things that they go through right now is saying goodbye. Uh, a lot of times they don't have the words to, um, to really say the things that they need to say to each other. They're about to, um, about to leave their friends, they're about to leave their family, and as much as they say they're ready for it, they're also scared to death. And um, I think as parents, it's okay to start initiating those conversations and, and asking them, how are you, how are you gonna say, say goodbye to your friends? Is there anything that you wanna do? Um, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, buy, even buying little special gifts or writing a letter to, to their teachers or to their parents or to their friends, um, just small things to help them leave this place that they've come to love and, and leave their friends. Uh, is a good thing for, for parents to help help guide their, their students through. And with that, that sense of, um, I don't know what's happening yet, but I'm ready for it, but I'm not ready for it, is it can mean that your kid is completely bonkers at home and you don't know from one day to the next, is this a good time to talk to you? Are we allowed to have this conversation? Are you gonna get mad if we talk about budget or, um, Giving, like you said earlier, not taking it personally, mm -hmm. if your kid is short with you or doesn't want to have a conversation at, at the, the given moment, I found that my kid waits until I'm ready to get into bed to want to tell me everything that he's been worried about for the last, you know, hundred years. So you have to be available when they're ready to have those conversations and also give them space to say not right now and not take it personally. But um, I will say too, I think um, students tend to become really reflective at this time of year. They've just spent time with their families at Christmas. They're looking forward to so much. They have one foot in two different places. They're not a graduate, but they're almost a graduate. And um, in my class in particular, I have developed a couple of writing prompts that I would like them to use to just sort of start working through those ideas of, um, 
What does it mean to have a legacy somewhere? What does it mean to say goodbye? What does the honor code mean? What, why do we do what we do at Darlington? Just to give them a space to say, this is what I liked and this isn't what I liked, or this is what I would have done differently, or um, just some time to reflect and think about what the place may have meant to them. My daughter was a member of the class of 2020, so she really didn't have that closure, um, but it, you know, it just kind of ended. But I will say now that she is a sophomore in college, she's had some time to reflect back on her Darlington experience, especially with her classes. And you know, in the moment, particularly junior year, you know, she was taking some really tough things and it was a lot of, you know, oh, I can't do this, you know, this is really hard. But now as a sophomore in college, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I know how to study, that I know what it means to work hard, that I know how to organize my time and organize myself because a lot of my friends in college don't know that. And I'm very grateful to Darlington for having taught me that. And, um, you know, it was tough when I was going through it, but now looking back, it has, you know, changed the trajectory of my college experience. Well, Ivy, Jennifer, and Chris, thank you again for being on today's podcast and for the work you do to support our students each day. We're glad that you tuned into this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to your podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org backslash podcasts. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.